face these ladies from the Olympic Games? Coming out today, it was a great return back to the sport. I wanted to be able to come in before, um, having a month off, dealing with all I was dealing with. I'm not upset at myself at all. <laughs> this is one race. I'm not done. You know what I'm capable of. Count me out if you want to. Talk all the shit you want, because I'm here to stay. I'm not done. I'm the sixth fastest woman in this game ever. And can't nobody ever take that from me. Congratulations to the winners. Congratulations to the people that won. But they're not done seeing me yet. His very first move as the executive was to sign Lamar Odom. Who was on crack? Hey, bro, listening to the sports dance. You're listening to the sports show. Hey, this would do some lunch sports, man. Come on, now. New sports dance. Come on! You trash! You not hooping! Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to another episode of the Sports Desk, episode 135. I'm your man's Deja L. Hicks Jr., one half of your sportsologist live in studio. I'll be calling Black in in a minute. Uh, today's show is going to be a little bit more of a condensed show. Uh, me and Black had very, 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 very busy days. So uh, this was just the best opportunity we had uh, to get some content out to our listeners. Because uh, we appreciate you guys listening each and every week. Every time we roll out any new material, new content. Um, but before I call Black in, I would like to start um, with what you heard before uh, the intro of the show. Um, yesterday's show. Kari Richardson um, We all know the story uh, What happened uh, She qualified for the Olympics A uh, positive marijuana test came back And uh, the Olympic Council The World Game Council uh, Deemed her ineligible to perform In the Olympic Games And as a result of that There was a large outcry From the whole country And not even the country Even the world so to speak And a hashtag developed let her run. More information started coming out about Miss Richardson. Um, she uh, uh, suffered the loss of her mother and she uses marijuana to cope with that uh, unbearable pain of losing uh, your mother. And the hashtag continued. Let her run. Run. Uh, more information came out that in the state of Louisiana, where she is from, marijuana is illegal. Yeah, it it is uh not illegal to use marijuana, and of course, you know, why would you not use something uh, that you can use legally? Henceforth, the hashtag kept going. Let her run. Uh, the community of athletes, the community of just people, humans, um, all over the country, one more time, were standing in unison uh, with this young lady. Then we started seeing her catch fire. Nike comes out and says, we're standing with her. We're going to support uh, Shakira uh, throughout this uh, entire situation. Let her Run. Then you see the Beats by Dre commercial with uh, new music from Kanye West attached to it. And we continue to see the hashtag let her run. And then on yesterday, Miss uh, Shakira Richardson returned to action uh, after, I don't know, was it two months, m a month layoff after all of the Olympic 
uh, festivities. She returned to action at the uh, 100 millimeters. She was supposed to run at the 200 millimeters as well. And the race starts and Miss Richardson finishes last place. And like always with sports or anything, when you build somebody up, it's so quick to tear people down. Now, I'm not even here to talk about her performance. I'm here to talk about her so-called supporters. And I could call some of you out by name, but I'm going to keep this PG. This is the thing when we talk about athletes, when we see Simone Biles come out about her mental health when we see other athletes like Dak Prescott who come out and talk about it, we talk about um, NBA players coming up. Paul George had issues in the bubbles uh, with his mental health, and we laugh at it. We scoff at it. A lot of people don't take it as seriously as they should. Now, should you perf- perf- uh, grade a performer with their performance? Absolutely. You partook in your sport. So you grade them on their sporting performance, and we should leave that there. Now, sports fans, and I am no saint here. I am guilty of this of myself. Sometimes things tend to get a little personal. You get a little, unfortunately, out of character when your emotions are driven to an all-time high. But with this situation, I thought it was a tad bit different. And I'm almost done here. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this. But it bothered me to see the onslaught of negativity oh she needs to humble herself oh she needs to get a grip oh she ain't that good as she thought she was but we stood in unison and said let her run and now the negative impact that this young lady is receiving after being off a month to two month and racing women who had previously, only a few weeks ago, won gold, silver, and bronze medals. Fresh. Endured the competition of the world's greats. They're ready and they're primed to go. Now, I ask everybody who's listening to this, who took a negative stance on Mrs. Richardson's performance yesterday, could you imagine what Miss Richardson was dealing with yesterday? The anxiety, the, 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 the anticipation, uh, to random thoughts mentally, emotionally, the draining of her physically to go out there after being embarrassed of being removed from the Olympics, dealing with the loss of a loved one, dealing with so many things. And then you have to arrive to the facility and race women who had previously won gold, silver, and bronze medals on the stage of the World Games. Could you put yourself there for a second? No, you can't because you're not the sixth fastest woman in the sport. And I said all of this to say, to remind you all that we stood in unison And said, let her run. And do you want to know why we were screaming, let her run? Because she qualified for the World Games. Which shows you and me and everyone else around the world that she's just that good. And the comments that she made after the race, it was emotional driven. Maybe she was embarrassed. Maybe she was upset. Maybe she had so many things going on in that humbling moment of finishing ninth place in that race. But remember, the whole reason why we're talking about her this weekend, we're tweeting about her and we're going on Instagram is because we all stood with her and said, let her 
run. And the reason we wanted her to run is because she qualified as one of the world's best in the Olympic Games. Sports are sports, and they deserve to be cheered and booed as faithfully as the sun rises and the sun falls. But when we switch the narratives to make it personal attacks on her of her needing to humble herself, get a grip, she ain't that good, she finna go get ultra high tonight, those things are what break this sacred thing of sports. And then you wonder why Simone Biles, and then you wonder why Dak Prescott, and then you wonder why so many players who come out and speak on mental health deal with the things that they do. Now, does it come with it? Absolutely. But we all decided once again to stand together and say, let her run. Just want to give everybody something to think about as you continue to tweet your negative thoughts and your negative Comments about the sixth fastest woman in the sport. All right. All right, man. So we're going to transition out of that. We got some rapid fire. Uh, you know what, man? I miss my bell. I'm tripping. I'm going to hit him now because that deserved a bell. That deserved a good old, a good old straight in the air. I got all my stuff mixed up, man. I'm tripping, man. But like I said, man, we're, about to get, we're getting ready to call Black in. We got some rapid fire conversations that we're getting ready to talk about, man. We had some great, great moments in the world of wrestling this weekend. Oh, here we go. It's so late, but I had to get it off one more time. All right. So we're going to talk about the world of wrestling. We're going to talk some NFL preseason topics. Uh, we're going to discuss the uh, Kevin Durant and Draymond Green interview. Um, so all your favorite segments, everything will be back next week. Like I said, this is a condensed show. Uh, me and Black just wanting to get together and give you something. So I'm getting ready to call Black in. And we're going to start having some conversations. So appreciate you guys joining us. Talking to, uh, excuse me, talking to, listening to what me and Black are getting ready to talk about. Really, really appreciate it. Really do. Let's get black in here, man. Hello. Uh, may I speak to Black? God, that is me, Baden Wattwood. He what? Baden Wattwood. Why you call me? I eating my food. Okay, well, go give the phone to Pops. Hold on a minute, I can hear you. Okay. Hear you again. <laughs> I got my black daddy. <laughs> this is live, folks. That's Black's son. Hey, you got daddy. Huh? Say again. Yeah, wait, 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 put Pops on the phone. Huh? Go put your daddy on the phone. He's taking a nap. Okay. All right, well, I'll call you back then, okay? <laughs> Hold on. Okay, I guess we're going to get black in here at some point. Yo, what's up, Will? Yeah, welcome to the sports desk. What's up, man? Yeah, so we just had a great conversation with my godson for about six minutes on the sports desk. Glad you can join us, Black. Yeah, everything good, man. Glad you could join us on the sports desk. Yeah, happy to be back, my boy. All right, now that we got Black on the phone and we got my godson off the phone, let's go ahead and get to it. Are you ready? 
Yeah, yeah, I'm ready to go, man. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. All right, man. All right, Black, we're going to go ahead and get into some topics, man. I tell you, that's going to be a funny moment when you hear it back. Um, um, I, bro, I forgot he had my phone, too. I was like, dang. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to get a kick out of my boy, but I'll just save that for you. All right. All right. All right, man. So let's get into it, man. Let's go ahead and kick off with this weekend in the world of wrestling, man. We had some amazing moments in wrestling, man. And we usually don't start off our shows with wrestling, man, but we just got to uh, this time around. So let's go ahead and get it kicked off, Black. On Friday night, Friday night, AEW Rampage was taking place. And the rumors have been swirling for months and months on end that CM Punk would indeed be landing in AEW, we saw all of the back and forth why it didn't work out with him in the WWE. But indeed, on this past Friday night, Black CM Punk, your boy, made his return to professional wrestling. And Black, I'm going to start off with you, man. How about that pop, man? How about that pop? Hey, man, if you ain't played the music yet, man, you need to play it for the show, man. Well, I can't play it because you're on the phone. Because you're on the phone. <laughs> well. Play it after we done, my boy. Yeah. But, hey, man, the pop, man, the, for it to be, you know, as big as it was, been in his whole hometown, of, a hometown of Chicago, man, it was huge, man. Like, when I seen it, it gave me chills. Like, the hair stood up on my arms, man. When his music hit, <laughs> it, 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 it ranks up there for me, bro. Like, Seeing, you know, we've been waiting for Punk for a very, very long time. You know, he made us wait with MMA, and then he made us wait doing wrestling. We've been wanting to see Punk for like the past two or three years now. So, seven years. Well, yeah, seven years. Well, and we finally to get him back, and then for it to be that type of moment in his hometown, D man, it was really big. Yeah, um, he deserved this. He deserved this moment. I don't think if he would have returned to WWE during the pandemic and the bubble and everything was going on, there was no way this kind of pop would have happened. And when we say pop for all our listeners out there, it's the reaction from the fans. It is the energy, the momentum, just the 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 how loud the arena is. That's considered a pop in uh in pro wrestling for anybody who's out there listening. But I was happy to see Punk and that he deserved that moment in Chicago. Um, in AEW, I much rather have him in AEW than WWE right now, and this is why. I just think there's a lot of opportunity uh, for Punk in AEW. A lot of momentum is building with AEW, so it, it seemed fitting. But you miss seeing Punk's microphone skills. Uh, you miss the music when it hit. And you could tell it took a hold of CM Punk. He was really, really rejuvenated and speechless and really emotional in the moment because he had been truly been missed. I mean, he was, I like to say he never called himself this, but he was the people's champ. He was the people's champ, especially when he took the role, the role that he took in WWE through all those years with the pipe bomb and everything like that. So, I mean, just very, very epic moment. I mean, I must have watched it 20 times. <laughs> At least 20 to I watched I even watched it a few times today because it was so bone chilling. And um it's just good to see him, man, and glad to have him back in pro wrestling. Yeah, man, no doubt, man. It's it for me being a CM Punk fan, I'm 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 a I'm a big CM Punk fan and to finally have him back and then seeing him it's it, it's gonna be fresh seeing him in AEW 
we're starting to kind of make their move, man, with, with the moves they're making to get these guys over there. And it's going to be exciting, man. I definitely got to get me some tickets to uh, uh, AEW on Wednesday nights here in Jacksonville, man. I'm, ex- I'm excited about, you know, going to attend that because I definitely want to uh, go and see CM Punk. Yeah, AEW has the perfect balance. They have the perfect balance of your um, Chris Jericho's and your Stings and your uh, your John Moxley's and your uh, Kenny Omega's. Like they have a nice balance of OG legends, and then they have the young upstarts. They have a lot of talent uh, in AEW, and it's all blending so well together. And then when you add a CM Punk uh, to the equation, all it does is continue to elevate AEW uh, even more. And more, you got Christian uh, over there, um, Christian Cage is over there. Like you just got a lot going on. You got you know uh, my homeboy Andrade. Uh, oh Lord. over there in AEW. <laughs> uh you got um uh uh what's my man name, man? He got a he got a new name now, but in WWE he was the Bulgarian brute, Rusev. Yeah, they got him Rusev, over there. Yeah, Rusev so, got Braun. You said Braun Strowman? No, he's not there yet. He hasn't signed, he's not there, so we can't oh, okay. confirm that. Okay. So they have no, a I said Braun I said Braun Strowman. Yeah, Braun no, he's Strowman. not there yet. Oh, he's not. Okay. No, no, he can't. We can't confirm that yet. But just AEW has a great balance, and they have a great mixture. So to add CM Punk to that, I think those Tuesday, those weekly shows that they have, I'm going to be tuning in a lot more. And I already watch AEW, but I think I'm going to be starting to be locked in just a little bit more with the addition of CM Punk because he's just one of the all time greats, and the fans love him. They love him. Yeah. Not only will we be tuning in, my boy, we will be attending, my boy. Yeah, for sure. When it comes to Jacksonville. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right, man. So we're going to move off CM Punk returning to pro wrestling. And we're going to get into last night event from the WWE SummerSlam live from Las Vegas at the Las Vegas Raiders new stadium. It was over 60,000 people in the uh, uh, the arena at the event. But, Black, before we even talk about the card, just – it, this was the first pay-per-view where you've seen a nice, solid, big crowd in a big stadium for WWE. What kind of feeling did you get when SummerSlam started last night? Oh, man, it, it, it was great to see fans back for uh, WWE, especially for SummerSlam. Like, WrestleMania and SummerSlam are the two events that you you really don't want to miss when uh, for uh, WWE. And to have fans back in that nice stadium in Las Vegas, the radium, the uh, Legion, what is it, Legion uh, Stadium yeah. or something like that? I can't think of the name. Yeah. I hope I'm saying the name correct. Yeah. But man, it was it it was it was refreshing to see, you know, the fans back in the stands. And I mean, when I say it was packed to the rooftops, man, it was packed in there. It looks it looked really it looked it looked really nice on TV. It looked really good on TV to see fans, you know, back. Uh, supporting WWE, especially for uh, a pay-per-view like SummerSlam. Yeah, same, man. It would have been nice to, we know the situation, everything with COVID and everything, but um, a lot of a lot of states like the Las Vegas and um, I believe Oregon and different states around the country, uh-huh. they're requiring fans to have a full vaccination or show a uh, negative COVID test. So, to prevent any outbreaks from breaking, it would have been dope, man, to see a hundred thousand people 
uh, in that arena and just hear it. But honestly, man, it felt like it was a hundred thousand only, even though it was only sixty, even though it was only sixty thousand. Yeah. So, like you said, the energy. And just the the camera movements, and it just gave you that big night feel from the WWE. Now, another thing the WWE did, Black, it looks like they're going to be moving their pay-per-views from Sunday night to Saturday night, which complicates things for the sports desk, because what are we going to do if we got a boxing fight, a MMA event, a a WWE event, and a big-time NBA, NFL, or college football game? What are we going to do, Black, on Saturdays? We in trouble, my boy. <laughs> hey, I guess we gonna have to. I guess we gonna have to double up the screens on the TV or something. Man, we gonna have to have four of them things guy, going. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I actually, I actually like the Saturday thing. Honestly, be like a Saturday. Saturday is. A, I can see why WWE is doing it, man. Saturday is a sports day, and it, people are not going to miss. I, I, people are not going to miss WWE. Uh, WWE. Cause everybody love wrestling, man. There's so many people that love wrestling. How how it's going to be with when football season starts? I really don't know, but I really like this the fact that they're putting the pay per view on Saturday. Cause I watched the whole pay per view last night. Um, the last pay per view I watched that was on Sunday. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I sat up and watched it last night, and I was very entertained by uh, SummerSlam. SummerSlam was very very good. Yeah, I think um I think it's an interesting move for them to move it to Saturdays. I I take the wrestling fans and um as college football fans, you know, everybody loves the NFL. On Sundays the NFL owns the day. Like if anything is on but outside of the NFL game Sunday, no one's watching. And I think mm-hmm. the WWE said, "You know what? We can move our shows to Saturday and we can compete with college football." We can compete with uh, UFC. We can compete with a big night in boxing. We can compete with those sports because each one of those sports have their own following. And I feel like if any of those things take place on a Sunday, whether you're the biggest wrestling fan, you're not going to miss your favorite football team playing on Sunday in the NFL. You're not. Not. You're not. So I think that's a kind of a, a tip of the cap to the uh, NFL because the NFL owns Sundays. They own it. There's nothing getting by. The NFL, no one is. And I think it's a brilliant move by WWE to take their uh, events, pay-per-views, and moving them on a Saturday night. I think it's a good look because it felt a little bit different, too, that you got a SummerSlam on a Saturday night versus a Sunday night. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I think the energy's a little different. So, yeah. All right, Black, let's get into the card, man. Let's get into what took place last night. I'm going to run through a couple of matches. We're going to get a, a couple hard stops. So, um, Big E reclaimed the money in the bank briefcase last night after Dirty Dirty Baron Corbin uh, was trying to do something with it. But then we had a brand new tag team take place. RK Bro became the new Raw Tag Team Champions. Uh, that's Randy Orton and Matt Riddle defeating AJ Styles and Omos for the Raw Tag Team titles. Uh, we had a dispute um, in Disgusting Putrid match with Alexa Bliss and Marie. Don't even care about it moving along. We had Damian Priest win the United States Championship defeating Sheamus. And we got the Usos retaining the uh, WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships, defeating the Mysterio, that is Rey Mysterio Jr., his son, Dominic. And we're going to take a hard stop, my boy. So, my boy, we was expected to get Sasha Banks, Bianca Belair for the Raw SmackDown Championship. And for the last two weeks, we've been hearing rumors, we've been hearing rumors that something is going on with either Banks or... 
or something is going on with Belair and this match could be off. Well, they duped us because on Friday night on SmackDown, both of the women were in attendance. We got some great promos and they walked Bianca out. And as soon as her music stopped, they announced that Sasha would not be performing. Sasha would not be performing. And then they brought out uh, another opponent for Bianca. And then the music hit black. And I'm going to let you take it from them, my boy. Then the music hit. And we had a triumphant return to WWE. Black, you want to tell our listeners who returned to WWE last night, my boy? Yes, my boy. Yes, the man is back. Yes. Becky Lynch has returned. Yes, she has. What a return it was to get her back at SummerSlam. Man, we've been waiting. I've been talking to D like, bro, when is going to happen? I've been here. We've been hearing things when it's gonna happen, and it happened last night. Mm-hmm. I was so excited, man, to see it happen. I, like once again, I got chills when the music hit, man. The, just the pop, like yeah. the crowd went crazy when her music hit. Like you could even see it in her face. She had literally had to see there and just soak it in, yeah, because it's been so long. You know, she she's been gone more than a year and a half. We yeah, we missed her so. And 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 to tell you the truth, dude, I don't know if you agree. The whip outside of. Sasha Banks and, and uh Sasha Banks and uh Bianca Belair, the women's division kind of been struggling a little bit. So we got it, Charlotte. Was kind of, it was it in Charlotte, and I'm sorry. And to have her back, man, is is gonna be amazing. And to do it at SummerSlam in that atmosphere, man, when the fans are back, because when she left, we was in the middle of COVID and we didn't have fans. Yep. So um to have her back, man, it was it, it was great D. I was super excited. To get her back and get that return at SummerSlam. It was exciting. It was it was moving. It was emotional. Becky Lynch is a superstar in WWE. Her storyline is so captivating. How she just reformulated her character a couple of times in WWE. Sasha Banks had already gone on and be the legit boss. So, uh, uh, Charlotte Flair had gone on to be the very best in the business at one point in time. You had other uh, uh, female wrestlers starting to make some noise, and Becky was kind of struggling at some point. Um, you had Bailey; She was doing her thing, winning the championship and holding it for a long time. But then Ronda Rousey came. I mean, I mean, Becky Lynch was lost in the shuffle for a minute until she found her niche. And when she found it, she took off. And she was, she not was, but she is a top three attraction in WWE. She is. She's a top three attraction in WWE. And last night showed that with her return, it was dope because I was pissed off because I wanted Bel Air and Sasha too because that match at WrestleMania was so great. And I'm going to keep it 100. It's great to see two black women, as talented as they are, carry the women's division on their back and deliver a great product. So I was looking forward to seeing those two women do their thing again. and But we didn't get that. But I was cool with the return of Becky Lynch until, my boy. Oh, man. <laughs> until they decided to do Bianca Belair in a way that I'm still not over. And this is what I mean. Let's go back black to when SmackDown first moved to uh, Fox. And if you remember black, the first main event was Brock Lesnar. Going after Kofi Kingston in the WWE Championship. Black, how long was that match? Uh, 30 seconds. It was eight seconds. It was, oh, okay, well. It was eight seconds. Okay. 
<laughs> and then we transform and let's speed up. They did Kofi Kingston wrong. Yes, they did. You fast forwarded to last night of Summer Sam. Bianca Belair has been a staple in this division. She's talented. She's beautiful. She has captivated this division and become one of his biggest stars. Her athleticism is right up there with some of the men. And she, she's been champion since Mania. And they let Becky Lynch beat her in 10 seconds to become the new SmackDown Women's Champion. And Black, I know you feel the same way I do. That was absolutely pathetic. Uh, yes, it was. The I, I'm happy Becky, back, Becky is back. But there, uh, Vince McMahon and Triple H have some questions to answer for me. Yes. Like, I need to know... Why wouldn't you make I really feel like and I don't know if you agree, D, I really feel like that could have been a great match if they would have had uh, a of course. Match. Of course. I, I, I just I just feel like uh WWE they dropped the ball with that. And yep. and, and to take and to take that belt off of Becky, I mean take that belt belt off of Bianca like that, I feel like that was wrong, man. And that and, and that kind of killed the return of Becky Lynch for me a little bit, even though I'm happy she's back. She's my she's 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 my favorite uh women's fighter in the WWE. So wrestler in the WWE. So I it kind of took a little steam over because I like I like Bianca as well. Yes. I love what Bianca has did on her run because when um when uh when Becky Lynch was gone, it's like the rise of Bianca Belair started. Yes. And we've been able we've been able to see her grow and grow all the way from all the way from her time at NXT coming into uh yes. you know SmackDown and coming into WWE. So we got to see that happen. You know, we got to see her grow and her grow her her uh her personality grow and then to win uh to win the Royal Rumble and then go to WrestleMania and uh fight Sasha Banks and be the first two black women to headline a main event of one half of uh WrestleMania man like it was big, you know. You had you got her on the ESPYS, winning ESPYS, and yeah. doing everything like that, and to take the belt off of her in in freaking ten seconds, D. It was just horrible, and it's questions that it's questions that I need answers because of that, man. Because WWE really dropped the ball with that. It was absolutely disgusting, pathetic, out of line, and matter of fact, it left a bad taste in my mouth. They could have kept Becky Lynch at home for that. Yeah, yeah. And you want to know this? What this was about, Black? And I don't know if you, I don't know if you peeped this or not, but you know what this was about? Becky Lynch ain't really ready to compete at a high level right now. Because if she was, they would have had a match. Why would you waste Bianca Belair's athleticism? And not even use it at all, knowing what she does to the fans, knowing how exciting her matches are. Why wouldn't you use her athleticism in that stadium on one of your biggest shows? Why wouldn't you use it? Mm. Because Becky's not ready. So they want to put the belt on, they want to put the belt on Becky and let her continue to get ready before she defends it at the next pay-per-view, which is another 35 days away. Wow. So I, I got you one to get a pop. Like yeah, I got you one to get a pop, and you would have got your pop. You would have got it. 
But you wasted Becky's return and you left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths and you didn't have to do your newest, youngest, freshest superstar in that manner. That's something fans are not going to forget. Nope. So it's going to be real interesting to see the reception that Becky Lynch Bianca Belair and the women's division get on this uh, Friday on SmackDown. I'll be watching because I'm really looking forward to seeing how the fans really react to that because it left a bad taste in my mouth. And matter of fact, I went to bed after that. Oh, man. Because I was ticked <laughs> off. Ticked yeah, off. But, yeah, I feel you, though, bro. I was ticked off as well. Yeah, but it's good to see the man. She's back. Good to see Becky Lynch back at WWE. All right, back. We're going to call out a few more matches, then we're going to make one more stop. We have Charlotte Flair becoming a 12-time Raw Women, a 12-time World Champion, winning the Raw Women's Championship in a triple threat match against uh, Nikki Ash and Rhea Ripley. You had Drew McIntyre taking care of Jinder Mahal. You had uh, Bobby Lashley defeating Bill Goldberg, and it was absolutely putrid what took place in that match. Um, and one cool moment. Probably, not probably, the best match of the night, Edge, the Brood Edge versus Seth Rollins, best match of the night, best entrance of the night, Black, how dope was that to get go back in the past and see Edge in his Brood attire with the music coming through the ring, how dope was that, Black? Well, you want, you, you, you want to know something, I... I thought I thought they were going to do something. And I know and I don't know why I thought this because Christian not Chris Christian is his brother is in AEW. Yeah. But I was like, man, what if they like bring all three of them out just for kicks? Just oh, for that would have been like, cool. But I yeah, thought, that would have been cool. Yeah, that would have been cool. But I, I had to think about it. You know, they they couldn't do that because Christian is in AEW now. But right, man, right. They, they hear they hear that brew music again, D, from all those years. So dope. Even even the fans, even the fans were ecstatic about that moment. Yes, and best best moment of the night. Man, and see and see Edge come up from out the bottom of the floor. Man, yes. it was it was crazy to watch. Man, it and was great. It getting Edge to go to that place. WWE knocked that out the park. They did. They did an amazing job with Edge. Like I was wondering, like what they were going to do with Edge. They not let them win the belt against Roman Reigns. So what are you going to do with him? Yeah. But they keep they keeping his character going and and to bring back their brood part into it against uh Seth Rollins, man, it was amazing. I gave Seth Rollins and uh uh, uh the rated R superstar edge. I gave them the fight of the night, man, because it was it was amazing. Oh yeah, it was fantastic, bro. I enjoyed that moment the most. They had they had the best match of the night. Seth Rollins <laughs> is game, man. That's why Seth Rollins is probably the best in-ring performer. In WWE, he does a fantastic job. He owns his characters, and him and Edge were the perfect match. And like you said, with with Edge not winning the Universal Championship, what were they going to do? And I called it at Money in the Bank that Seth Rollins would get involved, and that would produce the new rivalry. And this, that's exactly what happened. So um, it was good to see it. I'm I'm an old school, you know, WWE fan, so I remember those brood moments we used to get blood baths. And all of those things yeah. like that. And the dark shades. So it was a real dope moment. Cool moment, man. Very cool moment, man. So shout out to Edge. 
and Seth Rollins for really tearing down the house last night. All right, last but not least, man, before we get out of here, we had the head of the table, the very best in the business. There's nobody better than this man, whether you're in AEW, New Japan Pro Wrestling, or WWE. Roman Reigns is the very best in the business. He retained the Universal Championship, defeating the legend, one of the GOATs of his generation, John Cena. Great match between those two. John Cena gave it everything he had. I appreciate John Cena coming back, delivering some oomph up under what Roman Reigns is doing. It was a great dynamic. It was a great setup. But ultimately, Roman Reigns retained as he should has, as he should continue his run. And um, But the night wasn't over there, Black. The night wasn't over. Because the beast is Black. <laughs> the beast is back, Black. He is back with a ponytail, and he looks bigger than my house. <laughs> so, Black, what were your thoughts last night of Brock Lesnar returning at SummerSlam to confront the head of the table, Roman Reigns, with Paul Heyman, which had tears rolling down his eyes, holding on to the Universal Championship, my boy? Look, man, I, I was totally shocked because we hadn't we, we hadn't really been hearing the rumors of him returning or anything like that. Well, me personally, I didn't see anything. So to get brought back, man, and just it's to see how Jack Brock is now, I was like, oh Lord my god, mercy. Like the man, the man arms don't even lay down straight. I was like, oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, this this guy is Jack, man, and just to see the look on Roman Reigns' face, man, when that music hit, man, and how they put the they put the camera on. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but they put the camera on Reigns yeah. when the music hit, and they have Paul Heyman in the back. Yes, and his eyes is like so big. Yes, like, <laughs> yes, it was and great. One of the pieces, one of the pieces when they were walking out of the ring, when Brock walked to the ring, he told Roman Reigns, she was like, "This is going to be a problem. This is going to be a problem." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Man, it was it was amazing to. Uh, to see brought back, man, and uh, like I was telling you when we was preparing for the show, like it seemed like all the big names and the big superstars are headed to SmackDown, D, which kind of bothers me because Raw has always been that staple for uh, for for WWE, but now it does it's, it's, it seems like the tables turning and everyone's returning to SmackDown, so it's 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 kind of uh, it's kind of weird for for that to be going on for me. But um, I'm so happy that we got uh, we got uh, Brock Lesnar back. I love the fact that they throwing that they they literally throwing the book at Roman Reigns. Yes, and this is this is basically going to continue to let him be the the best of what we've been seeing. Roman Reigns is by far the best in ring performer that the WWE has. Yes, then right, right next, right next to Seth Rollins. There, I, for, for me, I feel like they right there. But Roman Reigns, he just man with the microphone and then in ring, and then he's just his dominance of what he's doing. How he's took over WWE since he's since he's returned, it's been amazing, man. And yes. I, I just see, I just see Roman Reigns holding on to that world championship for a long time. Dude. The return of Lesnar was great. When Lesnar and Roman Reigns had their feud back in 2018, it was boring. It was boring. It was, mm -hmm. it was the same old thing month after month with Reigns and Lesnar. And I just, never were, I just never was fulfilled as a wrestling fan 
watching those two. And it wasn't because those two weren't good. It because Reigns hadn't developed to his full potential like he has now. So now Reigns is unequivocally, undeniably the top man in the sport. In the sport. And he's Ooh. going against the most dominant, the most dominant force outside of The Undertaker in wrestling history. And that is Brock Lesnar. I said dominant force, not best, but dominant force. Mm-hmm. So you have Reigns at the top of his, I mean, he is at the top of the mountain. And you have the storyline tied in with Paul Heyman. And we know the wreckage that Brock Lesnar has caused since he returned to WWE almost 10 years ago. So at the height of what Brock Lesnar can do versus what Roman Reigns is now, they have my attention. Yeah, they have yeah. my undivided attention. This storyline will be the best storyline. I love the ponytail from Brock. I love the new look because he needed a new look. He's not coming back the same regular degular Brock Lesnar. No, he looks different. So he's taking a new spin on his character. Roman Reigns is now a heel. He's changed his music. He's wearing other things. He is different. So I'm very intrigued on what these two will provide. It was great to see Brock. I enjoyed the moment. And I look forward to what's going to develop uh, between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar, especially with the Paul Heyman storyline, which is going to make this incredibly interesting as his storyline further develops. But before we go, like you said, Black, John Cena... Daniel Bryan, Edge. I mean, who has Roman Reigns not dealt with? The Fiend. Who has he not dealt with? Week, month after month after month. So he literally has thrown everybody at uh, at Roman Reigns, and he's and and he's only eating it up, man. And he's only gaining more steam to being probably the best out of his generation. But even after he gets done with Brock Lesnar. There's still some more left for him. You still have uh, people like Big E, Money in the Bank. I would love to see a Big E and Roman Reigns storyline to see how that goes. Mm -hmm. And then the ultimate storyline that will take place, you have the Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins storyline that will take place. It will take place. It will. That's going to be amazing, man. And that's going to be amazing. So Roman Reigns' plate is full, and I really look forward to see how everything turns out with him uh, moving forward. But first things first. You know one other thing. You know one one other thing that that really stood out with Brock. What's that? Was how amazing was it to to see the fans cheering for Brock being back? Yeah, it was electric. You really didn't get there. It was electric, like. The fans were really excited to see Brock back. Yes, very and nice you can pop. Tell the energy from Brock. Brock was like, "Oh yeah, man, this like this feel good. It's gonna be good to see Brock not in the uh, you know the hill the hill way. Just like the Brock, he's gonna go into this storyline against Roman Reigns as really the good guy. You know, yeah, he gonna have the momentum. The hill, he gonna have the momentum. So that's gonna be different. So that's what that's why that like you said it has. That's what has me intrigued too. It's gonna to be like Brock Lesnar on the other side now. He's not on the heel side or the bad guy side. He's on the good side, and you got him and Roman Reigns going at it. I'm just very, very excited about what's going to happen with them moving forward. Yeah, same here. Really looking forward to it, man. So great weekend for all you wrestling fans. I know we gave y'all a lot of wrestling, a lot to open up the show. 
So hopefully all of our wrestling listeners, you guys really enjoyed our wrestling talk. I promise you, me and Black are working on being much better at delivering your weekly and monthly uh, wrestling information. But this weekend was just so big for uh, wrestling, man. And if you're a true wrestling fan, you enjoyed the returns of Punk. Brock Lesnar, Becky Lynch, SummerSlam was a good card. AEW is taking off, so it's a good spot for pro wrestling right now. And me and Black just had to speak on all the events that took pay, that took place this past weekend. All right, me and Black are going to move on. We're going to get to the National Football League. We're going to talk a little preseason. We're going to make two stops in the preseason. Now, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the uh, New Orleans Saints on Monday night on Monday Night Football. So, me and Black are recording on this Sunday. So, you won't get any Jaguar coverage until after that game takes place. Urban Meyer says Trevor Lawrence will play a little bit more. And uh, we'll get to see what the offense could potentially be looking like um, as they take on the Saints on Monday night. But first stop, Black. Let's stop. Um, let's stop with the New York football jets taking on the Green Bay Packers back. And you mentioned to me earlier when we was prepping for the show, Zach Wilson was out there zipping that thing a little bit, and he was getting some high praise from one of the legends of the game and Aaron Rodgers. So, Black, what did you think about Zach Wilson's performance yesterday? Oh, man, D, I was, I was, I was, I don't want to say, I'm not going to say surprise, but the kid, he, he's coming along, D, you know, I think we, we really... <laughs> Was down on him coming, you know. After yeah, the draft, I was. You know, yeah. leading up to the leading up to the draft. So, but uh, man, the kid has a, a very strong arm. D. He can throw the football, and um, look like he got that that that. See, it seems like he may have that it factor. It's preseason. I understand. We're going to we we're going to see. We're really going to see moving forward. But the kid showed up and showed out yesterday. There, they beat they beat Green Bay on yesterday. Uh, 23, 23 to 14. Zach Wilson was 9 for 11, 128, and two touchdowns. Like, those are those are solid numbers for a preseason game, D. And, man, the, uh, he, he, he looks great so far. And he's answered the bell for the New York Jets because this has always been the New York Jets, Jets problem, the quarterback position. And uh, hopefully this kid can uh, be the piece that the Jets need, man to help them move forward and uh, do some amazing things. Yeah, I'll be the first to say that I just didn't see it with Zach Wilson. I didn't – I'm not saying the kid don't have talent. The kid couldn't play football, quarterback or football, no. But I just didn't see it. But I can't lie to you, man. I watched most of his snaps yesterday – and, and he got swag, man. He got some a confidence in himself. He got some moxie in himself. And I know it's preseason, but it looked like he had a nice control of the huddle. They got a head coach that's going to be a good one, man. Salih is going to be a great head coach. He's going to turn around these Jets. He's going to turn around these Jets, and he just has that moxie as a leader. But I like what I saw from Wilson yesterday. I like his poise. I like his athleticism that he showed. A couple of times he rolled the ball out, and he looked good doing it. He had a nice deep ball, a nice zip on his passes. So for it to be week two in the preseason, he did show me some good things. And, you know, it was it was, it was was good to see. You know, I think the jury will still be out on him because he's going to start week one. There's no quarterback controversy in New York. So mm-hmm. he's going to start week one. So I'm really interested to see what he looks like in their dress rehearsal game uh, next week um, on week three of the preseason. But I can't lie. I saw some good things from him. Aaron Rodgers has some really good things to say about him as well. But I think the jury is still out like most of these quarterbacks. But I got to get a kid his props. He was solid looking yesterday, commanded the huddle, had some really nice balls, had some show some nice, nice athleticism. So, um, yeah, so I, I got the right to change my mind, I think. 
I was really hard on him, but you know, we'll see how it goes, man, as he progresses. As he progresses. All right, Black, let's move on, man, to another stop that me and you were talking about. Um, Ben Roethlisberger. All right, and the Pittsburgh Steelers took on the Detroit Lions yesterday. Pittsburgh went in the preseason game 26-20. But the headline of this game was Ben Roethlisberger getting some reps. Now, Black, we know the atrocious year that Ben Roethlisberger had last year stat-wise, even though the Steelers started off 11-0 and still made the playoffs. But Big Ben won Big Ben last year. And quite frankly, he was the reason why they didn't do anything last year. They couldn't run the ball either, but Big Ben made a lot of mistakes he had a lame arm last year. We know he was coming off the shoulder the, sho- the shoulder injury the year before. But Ben had his mm-hmm. worst year as a pro. But Pittsburgh still won 12 games last year. So all the eyes are on him. He took a pay cut. He restructured his deal. But boy, Black, how did Big Ben look last night? Man, Big Ben looked. <laughs> he looking good getting ready to, you know, to be the second uh, preseason game. Basically, he looked like he's uh, ready to rock and roll, man, for for preseason. If you're basing it off this preseason, I mean, for regular season, if you're basing it off what we've seen from him on uh, Saturday night, well, Big Ben was 8 for 10, 137, and two touchdowns. Like, yes. Two incomplete passes, a short period of work, man, 237 and two TDs. It don't really get no better than that. He's he's showing that he's ready to rock and roll. That's what I'm seeing from Big Ben. And see, for me, with Big Ben, I think it's now – this this may be his last shot, D, and I think he knows it. He knows that. Yeah, this might of be course. his last time. This might be his last shot to really do something or, or try to reach a Super Bowl. Like, even, you know, we know it's a lot of teams, and we're not even thinking about Pittsburgh being that. But if we get Big Ben to play at a high level and be the Big Ben that we've seen in the past when they were winning Super Bowls, and with this good defense that they have, who knows? But man, Big Ben looks like he's in. We're from we're from D and uh ready to rock and roll for the regular season. Yeah, Ben looked good last night. He did. He looked good. The Detroit Lions are absolutely trash, but he looked good. I mean, <laughs> the way Ben was throwing that ball, he had some zip on his passes. His head was straight up. He was IQ was very high last night. You kind of see it when he was coming out of the pocket. The thing I watch in preseason, and I love these angles that they give us. When you get these angles of the quarterback coming from underneath center and you can just take a look at his eyes and his head movement and seeing where he's real what he's really dialing up in his brain. I love when the camera lets you get that close. And Big Ben was dialed in. Big Ben had a little he wanted to, he wanted to show a little bit last night to kind of let people know, yeah, 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 I ain't done yet. And he and he did that. He did that last night. He moved pretty well. Um he's an older quarterback, he, but he, they say he's in the best shape that he's been in in almost a decade. So they say he put a lot of time in his work and his body this offseason. The ball was coming off rather nice. And Big Ben looked good. He did look good. And Pittsburgh is going to be a formidable team. When you look at the AFC North, you got the Ravens and you got the Browns. You know, that's a very competitive um, division. And a lot of people have Pittsburgh to finish third in that division this year. But I'm going to say it right here, man. You can never count Coach Tomlin out. Never. They got Najee Harris running that rock. Big Ben like he back. They got some nice young receivers. Don't count out the Pittsburgh Steelers this year, man. They're going to surprise a lot of people, and they could even steal this division if the Browns and the Ravens are not on their game. Um, and that's going to be only on the arm of Ben Roethlisberger. If Ben Roethlisberger is great this season, the Steelers could be a big, 
big problem uh, in the NFL and in the, in the AFC North for sure. For sure. For sure. All right, Black, before we go, man, I don't know what's going on with my Cowboys, man. <laughs> I mean, Ben oh, DiNucci. And look, okay. Ben DiNucci and Mr. Rush and my boy Gilbert. I mean, the quarterback situation that was on the field last night, even though DiNucci threw three interceptions in a preseason game. It bothers me because I know something is wrong with Dak. I know it is. I know mm-hmm. it is. But they're not coming out and telling us why. Now reports have come out and saying Dak would deal with this injury all season Long and that is something as a cowboy fan or probably even a football fan that you don't want to hear. That you don't want to hear. Yeah. Black, I'm worried about my cowboys and I'm worried about Dak Prescott. Black, the cowboys have played three preseason games and they are on three. Mm. They are on three and they have not shown any type of positive signs in three weeks of preseason. Black, am I overlooking this thing or should I be worried? Me personally, I think the thing for me, I think you shouldn't be. It's 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 a head scratcher, but I don't think Cowboy fans should be worried. Okay. Because I think it's really smart of the Cowboys to come out and let people know what it is with Dak instead of y'all just wondering like, well, what man, why Dak isn't why isn't Dak playing? Dak just got his money. We should be seeing more of Dak in preseason, but no, we've seen we've seen this story before. When the guy has a, a a a major major injury like Dak did of his leg, and for some reason it seems like uh, other injuries start popping up when they when they're on the way for a return to the NFL, and that's what we're seeing with Dak. You know, so I think it was smarter the Cowboys to just let it be known he's going to be dealing with injuries all year, and that's what we're seeing. You know, they they got the leg right, but other little things are starting to pop up, which we've seen before. When when guys have uh, had major injuries, so um, am I concerned about the Cowboys? No, they're not playing many of their starters. I mean, uh, Zeke Zeke hasn't played. You haven't seen the receivers playing much. You know, I I I, I think Cowboy fans uh, just just need to relax. Is it concerning? I don't think it is. Is it head scratching? Yeah, but I think week one when they play Tampa, I really believe that um the Cowboys gonna be ready to go. I, I I really think I really believe that the Cowboys will be better defensively this year. Offensively, they got everything that they need offensively. Am I worried about Dak week one against against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yes, I am, because he's not getting no dress rehearsal in preseason. But you gotta you gotta protect your investment. And I don't blame the Cowboys for doing that. So I don't think it's uh nothing for 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 Cowboy fans to be worried about yet. But I think the Cowboys are going just gonna be fine, even with all this going on with Dak. Uh, the Cowboys still my pick to win that division, so um, I think everything will be cool with that. Um, once the regular season hit, I think they'll get in a good groove and get everything going because the, the Dallas Cowboys offense is potent. And then with the draft picks they made in the draft, man, defensively, I think the Cowboys are going to be much, much better this year. Well, I appreciate that, Black. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate welcome, the I appreciate the wise, calming words. 
to help your homeboy settle down because, man, this thing been on my mind all day, man. This thing been on I my could, mind. I, I, and I, and I, I hope, my boy, cause you... <laughs> and I hope that Dak Prescott is okay and he can play week one because I'm going to tell you this here, Black. If Ben DiNucci mm. has to run out on the field to be the week one starter of the Dallas Cowboys, you guessed it, I'll be watching 90 Day Fiance that night. Oh man! Yeah, yeah, day fiance, yeah. My boy. I'll be watching nine day fiance with my wife, and I will not watch Ben DiNucci get absolutely viscerated by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <laughs> will not. All right, Black. The bells are ringing. Is it Christmas time? Is it the holiday season, Black? We got us a gift. The Tim Tebow saga is. Finally over, and in the prominent words of LeBron Ramo James, it's about damn time. Shout out to Cedric Farr. Black, <laughs> how do you feel that the circus has left town? Look, man, it was long overdue, man. We after after that uh god awful performance that we got from Tebow in the first preseason game, man. My God. You just know you just really know the writing was on the wall for Tebow, man, but I think the one thing that bothers me, D, and I'm, I and I just want to get this off my chest. Okay. All you, all you Tebow lovers, shut up. <laughs> I, I mean, I've been here. I was hearing the worst things ever. Oh, this is the worst cut the Jaguars uh, could make. Tebow was great for the locker room. Oh he my help God. The Jaguars. We don't need Tim Tebow to be a motivational nothing on this football team. So all you Gator lovers and Tebow lovers, all you biased Tebow fans, please just shut up and relax. The, the Jaguars would be just fine without Timothy Tebow. <laughs> yes. And I'm, yes. Just, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic that Urban Meyer just went ahead and said, man, it just ain't a good fit. And Tebow's not doing what he needs to do. Like, we knew this was a long shot anyway. You know, I, and, and even here to talk about him potentially making a team was outrageous. And it was <sighs> ridiculous to even be having a conversation about him making a team. But uh, Urban, I'm happy Urban Meyer made this decision and did it quickly. We didn't have to wait for it. Him being a part of those uh, those first cuts mm. was uh, a really big deal because if we would have made it past first cuts, then uh, people would have really been, you know, in the uproar that uh, that no Tebow that didn't belong there. So I'm I'm, I'm happy that Urban Mind them got this done quickly to get him out of there. But shout out shout out to Tebow for giving it a try. We knew it wasn't gonna work. He gave it a try. He did the best he could do. But um, I'm happy they fired him now because he can go back and. Get his job back at the SEC, bro, and they waiting for him. <laughs> the season about to start. The season about to kick off. He, he, they ready to rock and roll. They, I'm, I'm pretty sure Tebow put in a call, or they just sent him an email and said, "You're welcome back at any time." <laughs> Tebow, T, T, I'm pretty sure Tebow's done very well off the football field with everything he he has his hat in. So, uh, shout out to him, man, for giving it a shot, and shout out to the Jaguars for making the right move. Yeah. Shout out to T-Bow for having a homeboy at the place where he want to work. You know, we've all been there. One of our friends 
want to take a shot at being where you are because they heard it's a great company and a great opportunity. And most people will be like, you know what, man, I'm going to do everything I can to try to get you at least an interview. And that's why Urban Meyer did for Tim Tebow. Cool. I ain't mad at the fact that the man got an opportunity. I'm, I'm not mad at it. I was just mad of the unrealistic thought that this man was going to come and play a position that he never played after being out of football for eight years. I was mad at Channel 12, Channel 4, and Channel 30. I was (laughs) mad at everybody who literally fixed their mouth to say, hey, Tim Tebow is an athlete. He will get it to shut up. (laughs) He didn't get nothing together. That block that he threw that almost got Gardner Minshew decapitated was atrocious. And thank God that was all that Urban Meyer needed to see. But Urban Meyer was cold with his press conference, too. He said the man is 38 or however old he is. The man is 37. He's been out of football for a long time. It's not a good fit. Vamanus. <laughs> Get him out of here. So, Tim Tebow, like I said before, man, hey, I think Tim, I don't know the man person, but I think Tim Tebow is a great guy. I mean, I'm pretty sure every man around the world, if you got a daughter, you probably want your daughter married to somebody like Tim Tebow. I'm almost pretty sure of that. The man does a phenomenal job on the SEC Network. He does a phenomenal job on Good Morning America. The man has a beautiful wife. I'm pretty sure him and his wife would like to start a family. But it's a great opportunity for Tim Tebow to go home, go out and get his wife, Go out and take the dogs for a run. Go to the beach and do some stuff like that. Great opportunity for you, Tim. But I'm glad that the circus has finally left town and that we can get back to business here in Jacksonville with the new look Jaguars, this new era with Urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence, and we no have to no longer have to worry about the by God awful Tim Tebow debates with him being in the National Football League as a tight end. Thank the heavens above. And one last time, (laughs) in the great words of LeBron or Raymond James, it's about damn time. Shout out to you, Tyrone Koppel. All right, man. (laughs) We're getting ready to move on into a little bit of some NBA. We had some things break out in the NBA that me and Black want to talk about. So this past week, uh, Draymond Green has a brand new show on Bleacher Report. It's called Chips. And his first interview was with his former teammate, Kevin Durant. And boy, was this a interesting interview. Um, it was, it was, it was, they had some points in the interview black where we had some head scratchers, but there's two points that I want to talk me. I want to bring up to you so so me and you could talk about them. The first point was the infamous argument, the infamous argument between Draymond and Kevin Durant. And I got a big problem with how they both looked at the way the argument turned out. Basically, blaming Bob Myers and Steve Kerr in the front office for the Warriors for the breakup of the Warriors and having everything to do with Kevin Durant leaving. I got a problem with that. And here's why, Black, and I want to know how you feel. If I if I correct myself, if I'm correct, 
Draymond and KD had that argument between them two. Bob Myers and Steve Kerr had nothing to do with that, correct? Uh, no, they didn't. Kevin Durant used the verbiage of Scottie Pippen not wanting to come into the last to the uh at the last moment of the game because the play wasn't designed for him. They ain't got nothing to do with you and Draymond's situation. You felt like your homeboys. You said Scotty and the Bulls players told Scotty, man, that was effed up, man. Why you why you played it like that? If I if I remember last one, Boogie Cousins and Andre Eagle Dollar and Clay and all them right there trying to tell them boys to chill out, cool out. Yeah. Did did that not take place? That did take place. Kevin Durant leaving Golden State was gonna happen anyway. Mm-hmm. KD wasn't being telling the truth, in my opinion. KD was leaving. Whether that argument between him and Draymond happened, anyway, KD talking about the family aspect went out the window when that went down between them two. Huh? Mm. I didn't mm-hmm. understand that dynamic. I think if KD would have just been straight up and said, bro, the situation was wild, but I was dipping anyway, I would have been good with that. Because at the end of the conversation, like I don't know if you peep, KD went ahead and told the truth. And you want to know what the truth was? He was ready for a new challenge. Mm-hmm. He was ready to move on and see what he can do in Brooklyn. He said that after the fact, but that wasn't highlighted. The thing that was highlighted was Bob Myers and Steve Kerr are the reasons why this whole thing imploded, not Draymond no Green and Kevin Durant's involvement with the argument. So, Black, how did you feel about them breaking down the reason for KD leaving with that argument? Look, I'm gonna, I want to say this, and then I'm going to get into the breakdown of him leaving. D, I really believe that Draymond and Kevin Durant literally sat in their, in their hotel room in an Olympic Square in Tokyo and discuss this whole interview before it even happened. Mm. That's how I really feel about mm. it. They said they said that what they were going to keep in and what they were going to take out because the story that we got was BS, my boy. Yes, it was. And to blame Bob Myers and to blame Bob Myers and Steve Kerr for an incident, uh, incident between you for for you two guys. Who are leaders on your team? That is that is that is awful. Yes. It's awful, D. Yes. This, this was about you and him. Yes. About you and him, and it was about Draymond's ego of, with, with you being the best player on the team and basically being that guy. And Draymond felt like that was slipping away, so y'all got into it. Yes. Because everybody seen Draymond as the. The emotional leader, the guy who makes everything go, and and I and, and me personally, I feel like Draymond seeing that seeing that leaving uh, with Kevin Durant, you know, being there and becoming becoming the the main guy for the uh, for the Warriors, and he just wasn't cool with that. And man, just to see how they turned the story, D, it was awful, man. It was no, don't get me wrong, uh, I I enjoyed the interview. But if you're gonna do an interview, man, let's just tell the truth, man. Let's just tell let's let's as they would say, let's keep it a buck. Let's tell the truth. Let's yes. not let's let's not, you know, tell a part of the story that you want to put out there. And, and 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 what's crazy, D, this is not the first interview that we have had with them about this story. And it's totally different because the first interview, which they did on which they did on KD's podcast, the story was totally different. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. If you don't know what I'm if you, and the listeners, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to YouTube and look up Kevin's Durant uh podcast and go look up their uh interview on there and you're gonna be like, huh? Two different things. Huh? It's two different things that we're talking about. Yes. This is the thing with me with KD. And I don't know if you agree with me or not, D. KD was ready to go. You wanna know why KD was ready to go? Why is that? You know why? Because he wasn't getting the credit yes. after winning two finals MVPs, two championships, and still wasn't considered the best player in the world. Yes. You know who was being considered the best player in the world after losing to them two straight years? LeBron James. Yes. And that doesn't sit well with Kevin Durant. Yes. His ego is so big that that bothered him. And he was like, you know what? This isn't working out. It's time for me to go elsewhere. They try to highlight it with the argument with him and Draymond when his mind was already made up. We're going to try to three-peat, and then I'm out. Yes. Now, let's remember, now, this happened in year two when they went back-to-back. This wasn't year three. It happened in year two. Yeah. When they went went back-to-back. So, obviously, KD, he wanted to go there, three-peat, and then he was going to bounce and go to Brooklyn and try to do his thing on his own because he was going to never get the credit that LeBron James has got for the things that he's done. Yeah, man. Well said. I really, be- I really believe that's what it, what it was with them. I think the argument just highlighted everything, D, and I went back and watched that thing over a few times, and I was like, you know what, man? It ain't even about the argument. It ain't no. about that. And no. about the argument, I think the argument just enhanced things more, but it had nothing to do with Bob Meyer and it had nothing to do with Steve Kerr. They no. shouldn't even been brung up. They shouldn't even been brung up in this interview. And Draymond is dead wrong for bringing him up. If I'm Bob Meyer and Steve Kerr, get him out of here. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What do you, Philadelphia? What do you want for Ben Simmons? You can have Draymond. Yeah. 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 I mean, guys, you still are employed by. Yeah. They're paying you. Yeah. Millions of dollars. And you're you're dragging their name in the mud. Yeah. Look. I just wasn't happy about the way that they went about it. That's why I said, D, while they were in uh, Olympic Village in Tokyo, a conversation (laughs) is set down and read on some paper about what they were going to say in this interview. No, I I agree. I just. (laughs) Because I remember the Kevin Durant podcast when Draymond was on. Yes. And it was, this is two different things, man. Yes, it is. And instead of them just saying, this is what I'd rather have them say. Obviously, KD and Draymond have squashed everything, and they're really good friends now, obviously. And that's great. That's great. I'm cool with that. Like, yay, man, if you got a friend out there in the world who you had a falling out with and you're able to rebuild that friendship, great, man. Life is short. Like, do your thing for real. But when you sit in front of a camera and you try to manipulate the audience, we know what happened, dog. We was there. We watched it. (laughs) We seen it live. You could go on YouTube and do. And when you connect the argument to KD podcast to Draymond Green show, bro, none of this adds up, bro. It does. It was, it was, I mean, this was one of the biggest whiffs mm. in interviewing, bro. 
Bruh. I didn't appreciate. I just didn't appreciate them trying to manipulate us like we don't know what actually happened. Bob Myers and Steve Kerr had to be somewhere falling out of their chair watching this interview because <laughs> it had nothing to do with them. Draymond is mad because Steve Kerr and Bob Myers brought him in and say, "Bro, you need to fix this publicly." This is a bad look for our team, which it was. Draymond was dead wrong for approaching KD that way. But KD also knew that he was gone, bruh. He knew he was gone. And it's for the very same reasons that you said, Black. He was not getting the credit and the validation that he thought he would get after winning championships to unseed LeBron being the top player. That's what this was all about. That's why he went to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So come on, man. They trying to mess with us, bro. And I didn't like that. Was the interview good? A good watch? Yeah, it was. But after it went off, I was like, hold on, bro. They, they boys flow, bro. They flow, man. Yeah. This was yeah. flow. And Draymond wanted the real estate come. But for him and KD to sit there and try to play the audience, bro, I didn't appreciate that. And maybe we tripping. So if any of our listeners think different, please let us know. But please, before you talk to us, go back and watch the argument. Go back and listen to KD and Draymond on KD Podcast. And then go watch this interview. And y'all let us know if it add up. Man, this thing don't add up. One plus one equals two. One plus one don't equal nine. (laughs) It don't equal nine. Yeah, man. So I just, it was just real interesting to see. But what this is all about is they, they friends again, bro. They friends again, they cool again, and they didn't want to paint that. They didn't want to be really real and force themselves to go back to that moment. They didn't want to do that. They didn't want to do that. And I had rather them skip over this whole thing and just talk about they run in Golden State and left it at that. Because it was some great stories they told when they run to Golden State. KD was absolutely right. If you want to see basketball at its highest level and at its purest form, you need to, You should go watch them when KD was there with Steph Clay and Draymond. That was the most beautiful basketball you could watch. Mm-hmm. But yep. all that other stuff y'all lied to us about, nah, bro. I can't. I can't get with it, bro. Okay. I you can't, can't get with if it. If you gonna do, if you gonna do it, if you gonna do the interview, do it the right way. And do it the right way. It is one other thing I, I want to say, D, before we co- leave from out of here with this. I just want to, and, and I had the time to really think about it after seeing, uh. Steve and they speak on it and sit right and really think about it and watching their interview again. And and I and I was saying that work and I was talking to some of uh, my coworkers, I was saying, Well, dang, you know, it was kind of it was kind of ironic how, you know, how Steph didn't have Steph name didn't come up one time in this interview. But I really got back to sit back and thinking after the way the interview went and the, with the incident, Steph name shouldn't have been brung up. Yeah, it shouldn't have been. been. So, so Steve, so Stephen A, you guys, y'all just need to be quiet on Steph's name, yeah. like about his name not coming up. And I really had to check myself. Like Steph didn't have nothing to do with it. We know Steph the leader, but that situation, that situation was beyond Steph Curry. Yes, it was beyond Steph Curry. And for Steph Curry to to put himself in that situation, it wouldn't have been right, even though yeah. he's the leader of that team. So Stephen A and uh, Stephen A. You got that one wrong, pal. Yeah, that shouldn't even came up in that when you were when you were discussing the whole Draymond and uh, Kevin Durant uh, issue, and, and and the thing that make it even more 
even more uh, real is because we're getting two different stories. We're not yeah. getting the same story. Stephen A., if you just so happen to listen to this, go back and listen to KD's podcast and see if you get the same story from Draymond's podcast. Yes. Let's see, would you be bringing up, would you be bringing up Steph Curry's name then? Like his yeah. name shouldn't have been involved in this at all. Yeah, I mean, even though he's the I agree. Even though he's the leader. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Stephen A. tried to, I mean, I don't know what Stephen A. was really pulling from, what he was reaching from, but I definitely, mm-hmm. I definitely didn't get what he was trying to accomplish there. And, you know, if, if Steph name, you know, the conversation really didn't have any room for Steph Curry. I kind of get what Stephen A was saying. I guess he kind of felt like Steph Curry's name should have been brought up in the interview and in a more bigger way, but it wasn't about that. This, this yeah, whole it this, about it. Yeah, this whole interview was about those two guys played on the Warriors. They talked about their time together as teammates, and then they went into the situation. So mm-hmm. Steph Curry's name really didn't have no room in it. So yeah, I agree with you, man. Stephen A was really reaching too far trying to find something there when there was really nothing there for Steph. So I really am not upset with Draymond and, and KD basically saying, what the hell are you talking about, Stephen A? You know what I mean? So I, I'm with you on that 100%. 100%. Yeah. All right, Black, man. We're getting ready to wrap this thing up, man. Um, Manny Pacquiao, Black. Oh, man. The legend. One of the greatest of this sport. Manny Pacquiao suffered a loss last night. Now, we were supposed to get him versus Earl Spence um, last night, but we did not get that fight. Earl Spence suffered a retina injury and had to have surgery on his eye. So that's why Earl Spence was not able uh, to perform last night. But Manny Pacquiao went in there against, um, man, you you run this Ugas, my boy? Uh, you guys, you guys, you guys, and boy, did you guys put on a spectacular performance beating Manny Pacquiao last night, giving him a loss and holding on to the WBA world championship. So black Manny Pacquiao says with this loss, this could potentially be, you know, his final fight after a loss. He doesn't see where he fits in facing Terrence Crawford or Earl Spence going forward. So, Black, if this is the last time that we saw Manny Pacquiao, wrap us up, man, with some words about the legend of Manny Pacquiao. Oh, well, first and foremost, uh, I could speak for me and you, D, and I know you're going to give your spell as well. Manny Pacquiao, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Manny Pacquiao, you are the reason that Black and D got bike out to the sports bars. Yes. Had people come out. Enjoy very good combat sports in MMA and boxing. Yes. But man, the times that we were out to see you, you put on a show. And we appreciate every single one of them. Every single one from Ricky Hatton, yes. to Oscar De La Hoya, yes. to uh to uh to Kodo. I mean, just great, great, great performances, man. And Pacquiao is really going to be missed. I'm going to miss Pacquiao and boxing if this is it, D. You know, the, the guy is electric, man. We see him literally come up from the uh the featherweights and bannerweight divisions of boxing, man, to to move up and and, and accomplish great things, man. And um the some the things that Manny Manny Pacquiao did, man, is gonna be remembered by boxing. It was and it was great to see it to see the uh the pouring out of love that different uh different celebrities and boxers gave Manny Pacquiao last night. Man, it, it could, because if this is it, man, he deserves 
all his roses, man. He's going to be truly mixed, mixed in boxing. But D, it was time, man. Manny is 42 years old, man. He was fighting a a, a, a hungry, aggressive 28 year old kid who wants it all, and it was just it was just bad timing and a bad opponent for Manny Pacquiao. And 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 you have to think, you know, after having such a big fight, you know, because everybody was looking forward to this Earl Spence and Manny Pacquiao fight, and you had to think, you know, that kind of really took something off of it, you know, with uh, Earl being able to have to pull out with an injury, but this kid stepped in. You know, did what he needed to do. No disrespect to him. He did what he needed to do to get a win. And um, give and, and Manny took that loss. And, and if this is it, Manny, we're going to miss you. Congratulations uh, to you on all the great milestones you reached in boxing. You're going to truly be missed. Yeah. Um, like Black said, thank you, Manny Pacquiao. This is the last time we see you. Great legend, great warrior, great champion. Provided some of the most epic moments in boxing history. Provided some of the most epic moments that I personally ever seen with boxing. Uh, Manny Pacquiao uh, kept me in tune and fired up for boxing. Um, just the countless moments, man, uh, with Pacquiao. One thing that you knew you were going to get every time he stepped into the ring, you were going to get everything he had. He wasn't going to leave nothing in there. Win or loss, he wasn't going to leave nothing in there. He was going to put it all out. Every time he's stepping into the ring. And like you said, Black, man, he's 42 years old. He has nothing left to prove. He's one of the sports greats. And maybe it's time for him to go ahead and go off into the sunset uh, like he should in, in, in the boxing world. Uh, of course, Pacquiao does so, does so many other things outside of boxing. And I'm pretty sure he'll continue those things in his uh, native country, the Philippines. But, man, um, I'm not upset that Pacquiao lost. I think he just ran into a younger, sharper, crisper fighter who was hungry. He was hungry, and he took advantage of his opportunity, and uh, Manny Pacquiao has nothing to hang his head on. I mean, this is not going to de deteriorate his legacy in any way. He's still going to be one of, the, one of the GOATs, one of the sports greatest, a generational talent that only comes by ever so often. So shout out to Manny Pacquiao. Job well done if this is the last time we see you. And uh, it was a shame we didn't get to see him versus Earl Spence. I would have thought the outcome would have been the same. But I was looking forward to seeing that moment between Earl Spence and uh, Manny Pacquiao. But shout out to Ugas, man, getting the job done. Take advantage of his opportunity, man. And this is going to catapult him, you know, to the ranks. And boxing needs more stars. They need more they stars. Do. They need more brand new faces. And as a result of that, you know, with, you know, Ugas getting the job done, this could propel him, you know, up in boxing. Matter of fact, it will propel him up in the lights in the ranks of boxing, man. So shout out to the great Manny Pacquiao for sure, for sure. All right, everybody. So that's going to wrap up the show. Like I said, me and Black, you know, we had some wild, some wild days today. So we had to, you know, uh, take some time off, man. But we wanted to get you guys something to listen to. We wanted to come together and give you guys a show. So hope you got. Hopefully, you you guys enjoyed everything that we talked about. And me and Black could be back uh, with another episode this week. College football is here. It is for a few days away. You're going to get a college football special from the sports desk. Of course, you're going to get your NFL preview special from the sports desk. We're in football mode. Fantasy, fantasy, fantasy. Invitations will be issued next week. Invitations will be issued next week. The draft will be held after week three of the preseason. It will be going down again with the sports desk. So everybody who's been texting me, calling me, yes, we are locking it up. And we're sending the invitations out Next week, draft will be held after the dress rehearsal, which is next week in preseason. All right, Black, you got anything you want to wrap up, talk about, man, before we get out of here? 
Uh, yeah, man, just want to just want to say appreciate all the love and support from our listeners, man. Y'all keep rocking with us, like DJ said, man. It's football season. We in football mode, man. Uh, I just love football season. College football, NFL, high school football is uh is back uh next week. Regular season kicks off. Just excited about everything with football, man. So y'all keep rocking with us, supporting us, man. And we're gonna be keep we're gonna keep and we're gonna keep giving y'all that great content, man. Yes, no doubt about it. So, all right, Black, you know, go ahead and sign off, man, and uh, I'll be talking to you in a minute, bro. All right, my boy. Y'all can hit me up at Black, E-N-L-3, on Instagram and Twitter. Man, y'all hit me up. Let's talk about it. Yes, 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 yes. And I'm your man, Dedrick L. Hicks Jr. Hit me up at that handle on Twitter and on Instagram. Let's talk about it, man. And once again, thank you for all the support, all the listens, all the plays. The retweets, Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, we appreciate it. We got some special things coming up for y'all um, very, very, very soon, man. So, appreciate all the support. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be it. Thank you for listening to episode 135 of the Sports Desk. And until next week, well, in a couple days, y'all be cool and y'all be safe. All right, Black. All right, man. Yo. Yo. All right, y'all, so y'all take care, be cool, and we'll be talking to you guys in a couple of days. Lunch sports, man. Come on now. Hey, bro, you listening to the sports desk. You're listening to the sports show. New sports desk.